Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast series called I've Never Done This Before. I'm your host, Mary Agarwal, the founder and CEO of Nurture. Nurture is a platform that enhances well-being of working parents, caregivers, and their families. I've Never Done This Before is a podcast focused on sharing stories related to the lonely journey of parenting and caregiving at work and at home. In this episode of Personal Wellbeing, we're talking with none other than a wonderful advisory board member, Emmy-nominated actress and a philanthropist, Eva LaRue, about well-being in the spotlight. Eva is a single mom of a teen, a beautiful teen who I've had the pleasure to meet, and she's just such an incredible young girl. And, and, and Eva is, has done such an amazing job raising her. And I'm so, so excited to have uh, Eva on this show today. And I've been waiting for a long time. Eva, welcome. Thank you. How are you, Mary? I'm good. I'm, I've, you, you have no idea. I've been waiting for this moment. And you and I have had so many different conversations about parenting, raising teens, and well-being, and mindfulness. And, and I thought that this would be such an amazing platform for us to be able to share both our philosophies, your philosophy, and how you maintain calm, uh, being in the spotlight as you are, and also talk about some of these, I've never done these stories, and uh, our audience get to hear <laughs> some of that from, from you. Um, Basically, all of, our, all of our commiserating, our years of commiserating together. <laughs> you know what That's just right. stood out to me the most is when you just, when you just said, the lonely, the, what did you say? The lonely, um, journey of parenting, yeah. journey of parenting. And you know, it's funny because it's, and, and no truer words have ever been spoken because it, even if you're doing this alone and you're a single parent, that is absolutely, um, you know, absolutely the feeling, but also if you're married and you have the best spouse on the planet together, you're alone in it. I mean, together, it just, parenting feels like such a lonely, um, you know, road because every single day you're trying to figure it out anew. And every single day you're trying to figure out for one or two or three or four more kids, how to parent each one, because each parent, each child takes a different kind of parenting. You know, we all know that they, that they can grow up in the same household with the same nurturing and the same parenting and all be so completely different. So, so talk about, you know, I, I'm sure like people like us who are not in the entertainment field, we all assume that you guys have it all. You've got, you guys have figured it out. Tell me, how is that different or the same for you being a parent, whether you're an, an actress in the spotlight or not? I think not only do we not have it all, but um, the only thing that we might have over um, some is, you know, access to a nanny. <laughs> I mean, that makes it like definitely, you know, being able to juggle it so much better. But the fact that I read article after article, um, you know, on celeb after celeb who talks about how they balance it perfectly and oh, they just, and it's like, it's such BS because you know, A, they've got a nanny or two holding down the fort while they're at work and B, <clears throat> they, um, they don't have it balanced. Nobody on the planet has it balanced. Stop putting out false information, making everybody else feel like they're completely inept because you cannot, it is impossible to give 
100% at parenting and 100% at your career at the same time. You simply can't. You can only give 100% while you're, while you're in the one thing and 100% while you're in the other thing. But you, you know, I love when you say that, Eva, because it's such a myth that you can have balance, right? And, and balance is the perfect. most elusive mistress there is. There is no such thing as having, you know, having balance. And we're all striving for it and we're all failing, but it's okay. I wish more people would speak to the fact that we're, we're failing and it's all right. Like we're all failing at it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think that's the key, right? I mean, it's, you know, as, as an actress, as a celebrity and as uh, people in, in the spotlight and the entertainment world, you guys, we all look to you guys to give that message to us, right? When you're telling the world, you have it all right, everything is in balance. I mean, the rest of us, we are all looking at that and saying, wow, I have got it so bad. <laughs> and yeah. with me, as you know, with four kids, it's like, it's just impossible. That's never going to happen. And of course, I feel like I'm falling short. Um, so I, right. I absolutely and then you're feeling love even that, worse when, that. When people are telling you that you're, that um, you should be able to have it all together. And that's, it's just not true. And I think the second that we start to forgive ourselves and just say, you know what, we're all doing the best we can in the moments that we have, you know, in the, in the time frame that we have. And <clears throat> I mean, the, the, the hardest thing to do is to forgive ourselves because we hold ourselves to a standard that we don't hold that, that we don't even hold other people to, you know, we, and, and the beating ourselves up is what makes it, what makes it even worse. Well, actually, I think what, what it does is it puts such a pressure that it makes the time that we do have with our children when we're not working even more stressful because it's not, you know, it's not all crafts and fun and looking like an Instagram post, you know, it's not, right. you know, it's not all, look what we did. We made 100,000 cookies and Christmas cookies today. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. The thought of that would stress me out, like even prepping for a hundred thousand cookie Christmas cookie day. Like, oh my God, the, the thought of having to put together a Christmas card anymore. I stopped doing that years ago. I just couldn't put that extra pressure on myself. And, and you know what? Thank, thank God to the advent of Instagram, because now at least you can put out a little Instagram Christmas picture and you've hit everybody. You know what I mean? Like You totally, <laughs> you're making me feel better because the you know we get all these we get bombarded by mail you know all these families they're sending pictures and they look so wonderful christmas cards with their family pictures and i can't do that and they're all color coordinated and they're clothes it's just, just, just oh, not happening God. in my house <laughs> so, so thank you for saying it. that <laughs> but i do enjoy getting them i love yeah. to get other people's christmas cards and i love yeah. that they put out the effort and and you know what and that's where they put that's where they put their effort and that's what they um feel like is important to them and that's what's important is to forgive yourself for whatever thing you say you know what this isn't important to me but this other thing is it's right. okay it's okay yeah like, you know whatever it is that's important is what's important to you and you don't have to judge it against anybody else's or feel bad that you're not gonna do this anymore or that anymore it's if it frees up more time for you to have authentic time with your kids and your family, then it does. You know, it's so funny. So this weekend we ended up going to um, the, the closest mall to us and it just so happens to be the Santa is there and where we, you know, I had reserved the picture and I went in um, and of course none of us are dressed well. 
Um, but the picture <laughs> looks good. That's the key. And then my husband has a hat on from St. Louis, which he's not from. And, <laughs> and so the, the lady goes, can you take off your hat? And he looks at me, he's like, is my hair okay? <laughs> I'm like, leave it on. It all goes. <laughs> no one knows how imperfect it is. One of the kids is missing too. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah, get one of those uh, one of down, those email down, to you. Down, yeah. <laughs> um, so talk about when you were raising um, Kaya and you were really busy. You were really active um, with your soap operas back then, um, I believe. And and so so talk about how was it when you would show up to schools and or were you if you were not able to make to uh, events at school? How did that? affect her or you and to tell me how you know how was it and and also how did you balance it um well i specifically um it was, well, it was really hard for me to go back to work i went back to all my children when kaya was about eight months old and i really was torn about it because i wanted to spend the whole first year at home with her and then i you know was sort of getting pressured by my husband at the time to go back to work <clears throat> and um, and the soap operas have like insane amounts of dialogue every day. And I still had mama brain. So I was having such a hard time memorizing anything. It was, it was awful. But then when, uh, when that ended and I went on to CSI Miami, that's where it got really hard. And then Kaya was in elementary school and I got, I got mom shamed by mom, by helicopter moms that were there at that school. I got mom shamed by these horrible helicopter moms who literally, you know, I, look, all praise be to stay at home moms, all praise because it's a, it's, it's a harder job than going to work during the day and coming home. And do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it really is because now that I've been home for four years, pretty much, <clears throat> It's, it's, you know, I mean, balance, no matter what it is that you're doing, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a working mom, it's all, the balance is all exhausting and impossible. But um, yeah, these moms would, would literally shame me. They'd be like, oh, you know, we felt so bad for, oh, you're here today. Oh, that's great. We always feel so bad for Kaya that, you know, you weren't able to help in class yesterday or, or all last week or Ooh. whatever. Like, oh, we always feel so bad for Guy. They would always say it in this patronizing, like, way, you know. Oh, what they say you know, we feel so bad for Guy just... that you can't be here all the time. And I'm like, look, I drop her off in the morning to school, and then I go to work. And when I drop her off, those parents are still there after their kids are in school. They're still, they're like hanging out like stalkers on the playground, having, you know, having brought their breakfast and having, you know, Go, go home. <laughs> go home. Like, I don't know. I, it, it was just, it would make me livid because they would make me feel so bad for things. Because, you know, I never worked a five-day week. There was always, it would be a three-day or a four-day week. But, um, but, you know, the majority of the time, I mean, they were there like five days a week and I could only be there one or two days a week right. to help out in class or be there for the school projects. Or, you know, because my schedule was always up in the air and I could never make a plan. 
Um, so I had to be there, you know, last minute sometimes. And I always, if it was Halloween, you know, you want to be there all Halloween for all the Halloween parties and the parades and the getting ready and the crafts and the blah, blah, blah. And I, sometimes I could, and sometimes I couldn't and same for Christmas stuff and same for, you know, uh, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking for me because I always wanted to be present and then even worse because these moms would shame me um, because I couldn't be there. So oh, would, would, uh, would Kaya come back and say certain things from, you know, friends saying, you know, cause one of my experience was that when you see the parents saying certain things, it also trickles down to the kids and the kids will also make comments that yeah. happened in my case. Oh, it did. It happened to you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I would, you know, my, my daughter would come home and say, oh yeah, this parent was saying this about you or whatever. You know, they say that we are, we're, you, you know, you're not available or teachers would say certain things. Um, I'm curious what, if, if that happened to you. Um, Kaya was actually pretty, um, Kaya was actually pretty defensive of me, which was kind of great. Like she would, she would, yeah, but she definitely would hear it because those moms would say things to her. Oh wow! Like oh, it's too bad your mom can't be here today. Oh, it's too bad your mom's. Not, is your mom gonna come tomorrow? Is your mom gonna be here for the Halloween pray? Is your mom gonna be here for the first day of school week? You know, murmur, murmur. And Kaya would come back. She'd be like, "Mom, oh my gosh, so and so's mom." It was like such a jerk, and was like, "Murmur, murmur, murmur." So yeah. she would be my my great defender, and we would talk about it and say, you know, well, you know, I'm. I'm there as much as I humanly can. And you know that um, I said, the, and then the fun thing about me having a job is that you get to come to work with me on days that you have off of school. And then also in the summer, and then she would sit in the makeup chair at CSI Miami and they would give her the most horrifying gashes and slashes <laughs> and, and all this like horrible, like, you know, beat up makeup. She loved that. And she loved being on set and, and um, helping with the extras. They'd give her a headset and she would tell the extras where to go, like in the background. And she would be a little um, AD. She loved it. So I said, you know what, Kai, here's, here's where you get to, um, you get part of, you know, to enjoy part of what I do and see what I do and hang out with me on set. And she used to love to do it. And I, and I said, and this is where you know I am all day and I will be back to you as soon as humanly possible. And because you're my number one, but I have to make the, I've got to make the money. I mean, I told her from a very young age, you know, having a job is what allows us to do all the other fun things that we do in life. And, um, and then I just tried to always make our time together the most, um, you know, potent amazing time to get, but it's, you know, it's hard. And then you've got to fit in time for yourself because if you're not nurturing yourself, then you're exhausted and you've got none for anybody else. You're, there's not, everybody's drinking from your faucet. Yeah. But if there's no water in it, what do you, you know, yeah. <laughs> the faucet is yeah. always running as parents. Our faucet is always on. You know, I, 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 I really, appreciate, you know, you sharing Kaya's uh, experience. And I'm, you know, when I think of, you know, it's why did we have to put that kind of pressure on well, a kid, right? Why like, are women, I mean, let's just take this to another level. Why 
if women are the nurturers of the community, they're really the community glue. Women have always, from the beginning of time, been the community glue. We are the first educators of our children. We are the first, um, you know, we are the first and last storytellers. We are, unfortunately, that turns into gossip, but, but you know, we are also <laughs> the keepers of history, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we are the ones that keep the home fires burning. We are the ones that nurture, uh, we're, we're great at minutiae. We are, you know, that's not really the way the male brain is wired. It's not wired for minutiae. It's wired for big picture and women's brains. This is like a fact. I'm not like making this yeah, up. Of you know, women's brains are wired, wired for minutiae. So we're able to multi, multi, multitask. That's why men get more, you know, hire women as secretaries to multitask for them Yeah. Um, for, you know, for decades and decades. So women should be able to run the world geniusly. You know why we don't? Because there's so much infighting because women cannot support women. What in God's name is wrong with us? If we could just learn how to support each other, I don't care if they're the stronger sex or not, we would be running the world in every possible way, but we can't because we cannot stop um, judging and belittling and backbiting and demeaning and being jealous of the, all the other women in our life. You know, what I appreciate about this comment, it's the fact and it's the reality. While I see all these people, you know, whether it's social media, LinkedIn, whatever. Oh my gosh, you know, are powerful, powerful beings. Right, they, they support and they're... Power this for community. Yeah, yeah. If they would just use all of that power. Yeah. For, for and to 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 really truly link that female community in a, in a in a loving and um, supportive way. My God, can you imagine what right. world we live in? Absolutely. But what what I was gonna say was that the message is there. But I also know some of these women personally sometimes, and I think, well, you know. I know this person is not supporting, you know? So, so I hear what you're saying, that there is this idea to put it out there today because everyone's talking about it. But underneath that, there's still this idea of jealousy. There's still this idea of, you know, being just not kind. And, and you're right. If we change that behavior, if we change that, I think we could be even more successful we could run faster than ever yeah absolutely right. ever and the world would change it would benefit from yeah. from the female from uh, from a benevolent powerful female energy but what's happening is that you know even in this whole me too movement of late there were there was a huge female component that was like oh they're lying or oh they're trying to get publicity or oh they're so there was still like this undermining by other females Males as well, but I mean, clearly males because they didn't want it all to come out. But I mean, but this undermining by a lot of females. And then there was all of this energy that just raging energy that just poured out. And, and, it's, and it's too bad because I think women for ages have had to rage to be heard. Right. But imagine if we got to a place in society 
where we didn't have to rage to be heard and we didn't have to be considered a bitch to be heard. Right. We just could use our powerful feminine voices to say calmly, no, just no. <laughs> yeah. No, I, of, I, no! Hear you. It, I said no. You yeah. Know I mean? it, you know, I, I, I think, I think, I don't know if I shared this with you once. I mean, you know, my story, my husband's this is my second marriage. My husband adopted my, the other kids. And I was, um, a, one of, uh, one of, of a friend of his had invited, happened to be a pediatrician, invited us and, I was mortified when she made this comment. She said to one of my kids, says, oh, where's your father? You know, my kid, my daughter, and, and this person knows my whole story. This person also knows that my ex, my children's, my, two, my older kid's children's father is not in their life at all by his choice. And to remind my daughter of the fact that my husband, my my husband, Vinay, is not her father, who she, my daughter, believes completely is her father. Yeah. She, she, my, I, I saw my daughter's face completely turn, you know, yellow, and she walked away because she said, and then she came back and said, why is this woman asking me these questions? And you freaking, you're a pediatrician, and you don't know that there's no need for, if you have a question about my life, ask, ask me. Ask you. Don't ask right. my child. Don't put her in a position to have to think about, let her to be feel, a child. To feel less than or defensive or, or like there's something amiss or, I mean, I, I just, you know, it, what's really, really hard to always remember is that most people, well, I mean, all, all of us really are going through life in our own little bubble and then our bubbles bump into other people's bubbles. And, and geez, I, I, people are just so uncareful of their word use. That's the, that's the right word, I would say. Yeah. Uncareful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and we, we forget. I, I love that. Um, we forget that each bubble is so fragile. Yes, and we don't know what's going on in each person's bubble. And oh my, oh you know what, you know what Kaya told me the other day. My daughter Kaya said to me the other day she's taking um, <clears throat> this world religion class at at high school mm -hmm. in her high school, and it's her favorite class. And she said right now they are learning about Buddhism, and there was a story told about Buddha the other day in class <clears throat> when Buddha was meditating at the tree before he became the Buddha, and he was. Um, he was, uh, he was in deep meditation and some man from the town came and started berating him and yelling at him and telling him he, you know, you know, who are you to think that you are this, you know, spiritual man and yelling and screaming at him, it stayed there for days, yelling at him, you know, trying to talk him off his, you know, you know, off his mission. <clears throat> And finally, the, and Buddha never said one word, not one word, not one word, not one word. And finally, the man tired out and went away. Mm -hmm. And later, when somebody asked the Buddha, um, my gosh, why did you, you know, how did you not say anything back? Or why did you not 
defend yourself. He was saying all these lies to you, making up all these horrible stories about you, saying terrible, terrible things to you. How could you not defend yourself? And the Buddha said, because he had a gift to give me and I did not receive it. Mm. I did not, I did not want to receive his gift. So I didn't receive his gift. Mm-hmm. And they said, what do, you, what do you, what do you mean? And he said, his gift was, he was gifting me all of his anger and rage, his life's anger and rage and discontent and, and lies and, and, and he was gifting me that. And I that's, chose not to receive his gift. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I mean, that's, wow. Isn't that amazing? I, 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 that's amazing. I mean, I'm thinking about you know, how we can all apply that in our life every day. You every know? day. And Kaya said, you know what, mom, from now on, I really am going to make a, a conscious mental decision to not accept people's gifts. Like I'm just not going to, she said, it's like a hot potato. Somebody wants to throw their crappy hot potato at you and expect you to catch it and also be burned. And she said, but what if you just don't pick your hands up to catch it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Kaya is such a beautiful kid. So I'm going to ask you. Um, Thank you. She's, you know, every, every, whenever I've met her, anytime <laughs> you've told stories about her, she's just a wonderful, wonderful human being. And so, so I'd love to know, you know, as a single mother raising a teenager, you know, what are some of your challenges and uh, is it all rosy <laughs> for, for the world that we see in? Um, uh, or is it, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face and, you know, are unique to you or maybe not? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> she is, Kaya is a really great kid. I've lucked out that she's, um, she's, she's a great kid and a, and a great teenager. However, <laughs> <laughs> there's, they're just, you know, there's, she didn't do the 13 and 14 year old pain in the ass uh thing she's doing the 17 18 year old she's a (laughs) she's a late developer right so you know i i've had to you know she does the typical eye rolling whenever i ask her any questions answers me in a condescending manner when she's in a bad you know when she's in her you know in her mood but and and you know i honestly think that I'm really, really grateful for not working the last, you know, not working on a regular basis in the last four years, because I think she could have squeezed out the toothpaste tube, uh, you know, and not been able to put her back in. Um, had I not uh-huh. really ha- been ha- hands-on mm-hmm. in the last, because she's a big personality and she's a good kid and she's got a great moral compass, but you know, there's just so much distraction and so many roads that can go down. And I don't know if you've watched that show Euphoria with Zendaya. I've seen the ad. It sounds really, really good. It's really amazing. And I remember watching it with her and saying, you know, at one of the party scenes, I was like, oh my gosh, can you imagine? And she was like, mom, that's straight up what parties are like. And I was like, what? She goes, wow. oh yeah, that is exactly what a high school party is. Wow. And I said, you're kidding me. And she said, no. And um, so what we don't know about 
what our kids are exposed to is what's really shocking. And you just have to be, I decided from a very early age when she was like 11 or 12, I said to her, I want you to be able to tell me anything. I'm not going to pretend like you're not going to be tempted with drugs and alcohol as you enter high school or junior high and high school. And I said, so I just, I just want to be able to have a, always have an, a really open and honest discussion about it. Um, we'll talk about all the different drugs and what they do. And we'll talk about, you know, why you shouldn't do them, but if you try them, you know, be care in a careful, safe place. Don't, you know, like all the things don't, don't try, try drugs, drugs for the first time at a party, never be the drunkest girl at the party, you know, don't mm-hmm. do, you know, never leave a girl behind ever, 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 never leave mm-hmm. one of your friends behind, um, especially if she's drunk or high or whatever. Um, we just can't pretend, we cannot pretend like they're not going to try these things. We just have to go in knowing or, you know, hoping they don't, but knowing they will and then guiding them through the process of not overdoing anything. If they're going to try it, try it safely. Um, and what's interesting is that it's a complete night and day difference from when I was growing up when it was like, no, no one can drink and no one can do drugs. And we all did it anyway, of course, and, or tried it anyway. And nowadays where the majority of the parents I know are like, oh yeah, I let them try drinking. I mean, still nobody's, you know, saying I'm letting them try drugs, but, but I think they kind of know that their kids are experimenting. Um, you, you know, what's interesting though, is my experience for me was, I, I didn't grow up here in this, in this, in this country. Um, but I was also one of those kids. I didn't do any of that. So for me, it's always been a, I've never done this moment, um, moments <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with all these kids and with my oldest, you know, I, I, I just love when you talk about how open you were with Kaya. I wasn't open with my daughter. Not that's not what I'm saying. My daughter wasn't open with me because I don't think I created a safe place for her to be open. And I'm really being honest. And I and that's not, I, but that's not your fault. That's how you grew up, and that's how we all grew up. There was not a safe place. I could talk, not talk to my mom about sex, and I could not talk to my mom about drugs and alcohol when I was growing up. And and luckily, I was really a good kid and super responsible. And, you know, I drank in high school, but only I could, I can count on like one hand, just like the high school parties that I drank at. And I never did any drugs. I think I tried pot like twice in high school. I just didn't like it. It just wasn't my thing. But, um, but I didn't, my mom didn't make a safe, safe space for me. Mm -hmm. Um, that just is not how we grew up. It's this generation that it's only just beginning. People are beginning to, have, and, and even a bunch of Kaya's girlfriends, they don't have a safe space to be able to talk to their parents about sex. And, and, and they're all, you know, at this age, at 18, most of them have had sex. And mm, all of that's them- That's scary to me. Pot. Oh my God, Eva, that, that's really scary to me. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> but of it's them the fact, right? All They've all, great. yeah. 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 And I, and I think that's what I'm, I'm learning now is, I'm, I'm, you know, ever since especially starting Nurture, um, you know, my mission has always been to educate and empower parents. Um, what I've also learned is how much 
is out there that I didn't know about. And most, I mean, I, I, I think of myself as a sort of like the only person, but that's not to the truth either. There's so many of us, there's more of us who don't know what's going on in their kids' lives than we do. Right. I, you know, I was, I was at a, somebody's house, um, they have teenagers and looking at these parents, I mean, I, I know that they're thinking like me. They think that their kids are doing nothing. And then it just so happens to be, we found out through somebody, through somebody, somebody, there's an Instagram um, account for that, their kid and has a lot of like crazy stuffs with sex and stuff going on. I was just oh, a 14 year old. Um, so it's uh, my, my understanding at this point is, just because I ignore it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. <laughs> right, right, right. And just because you think your kid is really good. I mean, here, my kid is, my, you know, I consider my, my kid a pretty uh, fuss-free kid. But, you know, when she had her first boyfriend a year and a half ago, she, um, in the, you know, at like 11 o'clock at night, um, snuck out of the house took an uber <laughs> oh over the boyfriend's God. house yeah whose uber account by the way whose uber account oh she borrowed a friend's uber account oh so goodness. that she i wouldn't know oh yeah and guess what she did she snuck out the doggy door like a little jerk <laughs> and i didn't find i found out through the other girl's mom who was like uh your kid used my uber account to sneak out of the house the other night and this was like about a year and a half ago and oh my god i just rained holy hell on her but uh, like after that I was like wow okay all bets are off like I had no idea that this you know and guess what I I did that a couple of times when I was her same exact age <laughs> so why was I so surprised oh my I goodness I stole my mom's car like I pushed it out of the driveway and you know I had a driver's license and I climbed out the window at 11 o'clock at night and on, on a weekend and and like snuck over to my boyfriend's house at the same age I was 17 that's 17 crazy. Oh yeah, my God. she did basically the same things. So I don't know why I was shocked, but it was still my job to rain holy hell on her. And that's, um, that's so funny. Yeah. So, you know, but the bottom line is they're gonna, they're gonna test they're the gonna boundaries. They're gonna do it. They're gonna test the boundaries. And it Always. is the fact. Yeah. 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 That's their job as teenagers to test our boundaries. <laughs> are, are there are there times that you really feel though like as it's again you know go back to being in the spotlight raising a single uh as a single mom you're raising a, a daughter um and uh, um and you know i i know that there are people today who don't believe that you there is you know it's it's a boy or a girl is the same but now it's not um and and so I'm I'm just wondering, you know, there are there times that you really feel like, my gosh, you know, I wish I had a guide because I just don't know because I've never done this before, and who can I ask? Uh, are there moments like that? I mean, always. I think you know, none of us have ever done this before until we had our first child, and then even when we had our first child, when the, you know, I I only have one, but all my friends who've got more, like when the second child came, they'd never done that before either or the third and they'd never right. done that before. So it's never ending because they always say whatever, um, I was reading an article that um, was talking about statistically from one child to the second, whatever marital problems you have 
um, in the first child, uh, with the first child, just get exacerbated with the second child because no one's had time to really dig in and take care of um, the problems that are, that, you know, that uh, became more apparent with the first child to the second child. So, right. like, everything's become exacerbated with the second child, the stress, the pressure, the everything, the cracks in the marriage, and that's usually when you have to really sit down and do your first go-round of couples counseling. Um, <clears throat> or really dig in and start to compromise with each other um, and spend more time on the actual relationship. So, you know, no one's ever done this before until they've done it. And there's, and each kid comes with their own rule book because they need to be parented differently. And we're, you know, everybody's finding now that if you parent all all your children the same, one is going to rebel. They don't feel like they're being loved the same. They're not getting, because we all have our, you know, like, like the book, the five, uh, five love languages, we all have our love languages. So each, each person's going to have a different way that they perceive and receive love. Right. Right. So, so I, you know, you, you also, you very well educated, you take your time to really learn about different things. And um, that's one of the things that I really, really love about you. What do you do? to to practice mindfulness or find um uh, um you know when there is a moment that of chaos you you know you just take yourself out and how do you do that you know give us some tips well, yeah you know i melt down like like anybody and everybody when i've hit my absolute you know limit but um but i really and i used to think this was you know I think like 10 years ago when you would hear about people meditating, you're like, Oh, that's such a tree hugger thing. Like, I don't know. I can't get my mind to quiet. I can't, I don't know anything about that. Well, in the last five years, meditation has really saved me and I'm still not great at quieting my mind. When I meditate, I still have to do a guided meditation so that I'm Mm -hmm. focusing on somebody else's words. Um, and then that will lead me into a peaceful space at the end of the guided meditation where I can get my mind to be quiet and sit quietly. And I, it re, and I don't do it every day. I should, but I don't. And, um, uh, but I do do it at least twice a week. And it's, it has made all the difference because don't you feel like, here's the weird phenomenon, and I've not been able to find any articles on it or any kind of, um, any expertise on it. But how, don't you find that as we're getting older, our brains are condensing into like the worst part of ourselves? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know how like all those idiosyncrasies that we were young and they were just funny, little, cute, quirky idiosyncrasies? Like there was a lot more playfulness in that, like a lot more movement within mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. quirky parts. Now with the stressors and the pressure and the consolidation of life, I feel like more and more, not just me, but my friends as well, like it's becoming, um, we're becoming condensed versions of ourselves. And so that anxiety is real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that anxiety loop 
that I have a hard time getting off of is for real. Mm -hmm. And, um, to quiet my brain is a whole nother, uh, job that I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember having to work so hard to quiet my brain when I was younger, like 20 years ago or 15 years ago or 10 years ago. But now, and, and more and more now you're hearing about people our age committing suicide. Like, don't you find that the suicide rate at our age is crazy? It's crazy. It's really, really. People are not able to cope. And what is that? Why are our brains becoming, the worst part of ourselves, the darkest part of ourselves are becoming so condensed and so thick? Well, well, it, to me, um, you know, from all the research that I have done personally with Nurture, um, it's really clear to me is that we are all super lonely. Yes. And, you know, technology has connected in so many ways, whether it's through social media or, you know, just you go on to social media and you realize like, Oh, you know, this person, I I don't even know, I haven't met this person in like five years, but I know everything about this person's life. So yeah, I know so much, but I've never picked up the phone to call her. Right. I don't know um, what's, what's truly going on in her heart. Right. So, um, uh, you know, we are human beings. We have a need to connect with each other. We have a need to see each other, feel each other, touch each other. Um, and I have a heart to heart, which is not happening. And, and I really, really believe that that is one of the reasons why we, we have become so lonely and, 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 uh, you know, um, and, and to, for me, I'll tell you one of the things that really has helped me a great deal is using our coaches to, help me stay on task, help me stay on focus, you know, what's prioritizing on what's important, what's not. That's really been a, a huge help for me. And not only I that, can't you, do- you've created yourself a connection and that's exactly. most, a human connection right. with a human being who is talking about deep personal things with you. And, and that's what we used to have in our communities. And that right. goes back to what I was talking about with women running our communities and being the real fabric of our communities. And we had, um, generational help. Yeah. Our parents lived with us and, you know, decades and decades ago, you, everybody lived together and helped each other raise these children. And, um, you know, which we don't have today. We don't have today. And we're all separated by these little rectangular, uh, devices that we hold in our hands 24 hours a day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Eva, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Um, give us a tip. Give us something. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I would say, because this was the, I think this was my toughest lesson this, this year. And isn't it sad that I'm 52 and it's taken me this long to, you know, figure this out. Um, of course, with help from a therapist, because without my therapist, I think that's been my, you know, my coach (laughs) for the last bunch of years and my person that I dig deep with, but, um, um, forgiveness, self forgiveness is everything. We go through life having to forgive this person and having to forgive that person. And because, you know, if we, if you don't forgive, it's really eating you. It's not really, you know, 
eating them. Um, it, it hurts us more than it, it hurts them to not be forgiving. But the bigger piece is the self-forgiveness. Because mm -hmm. if you cannot forgive yourself, if you cannot have self-empathy, then you can't have it for anybody else. If you don't have empathy for yourself, how in God's name are you going to have empathy for anybody else? We're going to hold these other people to this high standard that we, we, that we hold for ourselves that we can't even attain within ourselves. So we just, the second you start being empathic to the one person that you need to get through the day, which is you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it, it opens up a whole world of being able to say, oh, that person's in pain. Okay, I don't have to take that personally. That's not yeah. mine. It's not mine. Right. Wow, this was so fun, Eva, as yeah, always. It's always it's, fun with you, Mary. It's always fun with you. <laughs> I have such an amazing time with you. Every time I meet you, I see you, we talk on the phone, whatever it is. Um, and, and we're having a girl community day next Tuesday. I'm so excited that we're putting together this yes. little group, this little empowered group of women to, I, you know what, maybe that's it. Maybe everybody that's, you know, we're missing like the Oprah Winfrey show moments where she would put together, she would encourage um, and impassion all these women across the country to form little groups. It's, little uh, so what are we calling it? Little... Goddess baby shower. Go goddess shower. That's what we call it. Goddess shower. shower. Yeah. Yes. I love it. For one of our yep. dear friends. Yes. Um, so so anybody you. listening to this, go out and create your own little goddess night. Love that. Invite all your girlfriends over and start your little goddess night in whatever community you live in. And, um, and reach out to girls that you don't know that well that are just acquaintances too. Because you never know who needs to be reached out to. Absolutely. And, and yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful message. Thank you for, for sharing that. That is appreciated. Um, thank you to all of you for listening to our podcast. And I really, really hope that you found this conversation fun and helpful because I think uh, that there were some nice, cute tips that were shared. Um, and if you like the conversation, please don't keep us a secret. Please share it with all your friends and family. Um, if you like to share your own stories, please submit it on our website, www.nurxur.com. I'm looking forward to having you tune in next time. Mm -hmm.